Hey, um, the Good Night Show. Uh, I already put out a statement, but the Good Night Show was created to give people something to go to sleep to, because that's that's what I would want. Um, something to listen to that doesn't ask anything of you. Something to listen to that doesn't stress you out, that doesn't remind you of the problems or the struggles in your day. And obviously, like I said, for me, that that's good when I go to sleep, but I understand that some people want to use that show for when they walk their dog or when they just need that break. And maybe it isn't every day, but when they turn to it, it's there. And I'm, I'm grateful to have that opportunity to provide what I would want to other people and find out that they would want it too. But this is different. Um, I'm recording this as an intro for the Tuesday show and the Wednesday show for this week. And after this is over, we'll go into that show. And it'll be a normal show. And if you want that, I respect that. If you need that, I'm happy to give that to you. So you can skip to that right now. No harm, no foul. You don't have to listen to me. You, you don't have to listen to me give my straight white male perspective. Because how valuable is that? I don't know. But also, to speak to what I was saying earlier at the beginning of this, that might not be what you're here for. Um, and I, I want you to be able to have that break. This show is going to stay that. Because if you're like me, you want information. If you're like me, you want to know what's going on. If you're like me, you want to be able to help. If you look like me and are like me, you're learning how to help. And in the midst of doing all of that, if you're like me, you probably need a break. So I'm going to keep giving that to you. Like that's some value, super valuable thing. I, there are things way more valuable, obviously. But if you need it, it's there. And can I tell you personally, if you listen to Pen Pals <laughs> or you listen to the back page edition of this show, I will tell you I am not a professional. But you do need that break. If, you go, if you're cold and you sit by a fire, eventually you need to go away from it. Even if you needed to be there initially, you will need a break from it. And there is a lot of fire right now. A lot. So if you can, if you're privileged enough, or you need it, regardless of your station or color, I want to give you that break. As I sit here in my apartment, uh, 50 yards down from my front door 
the protests are happening right now. Thank God, because they need to happen. I'm not going to give some big message on my white knight answer on what needs to happen, but I will say this. Care about people. Just care about people. Now, you might learn the right way to do that. You might make some mistakes in trying to do that. I have. I posted some things that I couldn't believe. I posted some things that gave me hope. I posted some things that I realized after there's a better way to frame that information. Or you can just take the caution, the consideration to frame it. But just care about people. Because I would rather make a mistake trying to do the right thing than be perfect at doing the wrong. So, don't turn to me for answers. You can turn to me for companionship. You can turn to me for viewpoint. You can turn to me for hopefully a break, like I've said so many times. You could turn to me for hopefully, if I'm, if I'm good enough, a laugh every once in a while. I don't have answers other than care about people. And if somebody says something or posts something that is bullshit, 99 times out of 10, it's because they just don't care. That's where we're at right now. Because if you ask me, a person who understands they cannot truly understand, I don't know that the police officer who killed George Floyd was trying to kill them. But I bet you he didn't care if he did. He just didn't care. Can he breathe? He didn't care. If you have people in your life right now that are saying, why, why would they burn those buildings down? Why would they break that glass? Why would they do that? Say this, maybe, maybe, I don't fucking know, but maybe say this. Say, I don't know, but why are they that upset? Why are some people that mad? And there are way more that are peaceful. But for some, why are they that mad? If you're like me, you remember in the late 80s, early 90s, songs like Fuck the Police, right? And people all throughout where I was born and raised in the Midwest just were up in arms about that song. Fuck the Police. And they would buy their cassettes and records and they would you know, r- you know, run a steamroller or whatever over top of them to prove how, how anti they were to this idea of fuck the police. And if you want to be appalled by that, okay. But who stopped to say why? Do these young men feel that way? What's going on in their life that their artistic expression pushed them so far that they felt like they had to let everyone know, fuck the police? And it, let's be specific. The song isn't saying, fuck every police. 
Fuck every police I've ever known or unknown. They're speaking for their life. And in their life, fuck the police. And I'm not going to get into the semantics of however that might offend you or you think I, I, I don't understand the concept. I'm just, ask, I'm just saying this. Who asked the question, why do those young men feel that way? But we certainly started to find out, didn't we? And we've spent decades since and decades upon decades upon decades before then not doing shit about it. So I will try to echo the voices of people who do know. And I hope you do too. Because here's what change is. Okay? Change is when enough people talk to the people in their own life. So if you, if you call that uncle of yours in Nebraska and you have a normal conversation and you just present the idea of, do you have any idea what it must be like to be black in America? And obviously this would be a better question if you yourself or your uncle is not black because he, if he was, he would probably know. But under the assumption that they are a privileged person like me, you ask them, do you know? Now that person might still hold on to their dipshit opinion, but you have planted the seed of, I don't know. So maybe when they go down to the coffee shop and the person says, I can't believe those young people are doing that, which would be a nice way to put it, I suppose. Your uncle says to them, yeah, you know what though? My niece called me up and I had never thought about this. I really don't have any idea what their life is like. And maybe that's a start. And maybe that won't even work. I have no idea. But talk to the people in your life and just care and ask the people who around you to care. Somebody says something, well, I think this is all made up bullshit. Sounds to me like you're somebody who just doesn't care. And they say, oh, I care about people's businesses being ruined. Okay. That's not what we were talking about. But I care about good apple pie. Are we just listing things we do care about? I'm saying about the topic we initially started this conversation on just sounds like to me, you don't care. And this is as deep as I'll try to go into this. I'm going to wrap this up so we can get into a fun show. But that's how we got here. In every sense of the word. Because people didn't care. In my personal opinion, if you cared about people, you, you didn't vote for Donald Trump. If you really cared about people, because I can tell you this, he don't care. He doesn't care. He cares about him. And that's how we got here, because enough people just don't care. So please, please care about people. Uh, I'm going to try and entertain you for the next 20 minutes or so. And the show will continue to be like that. If there's something else I need to say, maybe I've said it on Pen Pals, which is likely. Maybe I'll say it on Dumb People Town. Maybe I'll think of more things I need to say before the week's over. 
But um, just care about people. Just care. All right. Welcome to another episode of The Good Night Show with me, your host, Daniel Van Kirk. It is uh, June 3rd. <laughs> I know what day it is. Wednesday, June 3rd, um, around 12 a.m. Rochelle, Illinois time. And I am glad that you are here. Let us welcome to the show my producer, my producer Noah Eberhardt. Good night to you, my man. Good night to you, Dan. So we've got an interview today uh, with the great Alex Cuman. She is a comic based out of Chicago, and she is just great. I don't need to uh, to say anything more than that because everything would just be supporting the idea that she is great. So now you know. Um, we rotate all of these, so Wednesday is always a little bit different. Maybe it's the back page edition of the Good Night Show. Maybe it's a Good Night Show mystery, or it could be an interview. And you know what? It could end up being many different things. We can kind of do whatever we want here on the Good Night Show as long as it's fun and fits the criteria for what I'm trying to do in other ways. But you can also be a part of this show as well. All you have to do is call 609-955. That's 609-644-4855. You can also email me at thegoodnightpod at gmail.com. So the number is for texting and voicemail and for the email. Again, it's thegoodnightpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to send us in your positive stories where we do our positive push on Fridays. You can send me sex and relationship advice questions as well as recommendations for things to read and watch. Again, that's 609-955. Also, you can let me know if you're interested in being a part of one of my game nights it's very limited. You've probably heard the ads or will hear the ads about it. You might have already seen the um, like uh, posts uh, promoting it as well on my social media, but it's just an opportunity for you to uh, do a very limited engagement uh, in terms of the amount of people game night hang with me. If you're interested, email thegoodnightpod at gmail.com and in the subject heading, just put uh, DVK game night or Daniel Van Kirk game night, something of that order. And I'll be able to find it and uh, get you a reservation. If you're interested in having a happy hour or a night for an hour and a half or two hours, we hang. It's not a show. It is a hang. All right. Like I just said, we have an interview with Alex Cuman. Let's go to that interview. I recorded it just a little bit ago, and then I'll catch you on the flip side. All right, everybody. I am joined by my uh, one of my two guests. You know, we do on Wednesdays, like the first and third of uh, Wednesday of each month, we do an interview. And as I said today, I am doing one with my friend Alex Cuman. Alex Cuman, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks. Good to be here. Hi, I'm, I'm I'm hanging. Fine. Okay. I'm fine. Good. We're all fine, I think. Right. <laughs> We're trying uh, to be every day on whatever yeah, level. Yeah, good's, good's not a not an acceptable word for no. this week. Um, but people always ask me like how you doing and i'm like 
I'll, I'll usually answer for the day. I'm yeah. like, I'm doing okay today. Or I'll be I'm, like, uh, it was a rough day today. Or the I'm hour. For, you're by the hour? The See, hour. You're even more I think it's just in. quarantine. It's just up and down. Yeah. You're even more tuned in than I am. Uh, well, let's talk about good stuff. Tell everybody uh, who hasn't met you yet um, where you're at and uh, how you got your start in comedy. You're one of the best comics I know, and I mean that. Oh, thank you. Um, I am based in Chicago. Um, there were plans to uh, move on June 1st, but those quickly to got to uh, New York. Okay. Yep. Right. But those are no longer the plans. Sure. Uh, thank you, pandemic. And uh, yeah, I started here in Chicago seven years ago. Um, I actually took a stand-up class that I now teach. Um, and Where? Uh, uh, Link- it's through the Lincoln Lodge. Oh, okay. And um, I took, there's a co-ed version that we do, but I now teach the all-female version that Cameron Esposito started way back, uh, I think in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, yeah, I've just been doing stand up kind of all around the city and the country. I uh, do a little voiceover work, some on camera stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been awesome. And, and I you, run. Uh, where, are let's you, say again. where are you from? Are you Chicago born and raised? Boston. Oh, okay. Boston gal. So did you start came, in Boston and then come to Chicago, or you took the you, your first thing was that class in Chicago? First thing was the class in Chicago. I moved to Chicago in 2010. Um, I with the goal of comedy and like theater or no, the goal was, um, I was working, I found a job right when I moved here at the YWCA doing like violence prevention programming. Uh So I was the coordinator of that training program for seven years. And I was looking at programs, um, for a master's in public health and then took this class and was like, Oh, Oh, this this is what makes sense to me. Way less sad. Did you feel? <laughs> yeah, wait. I at moments. There's probably I times mean, where yeah, it, it yeah. competes. There, there are times when I'm like, maybe I should have gone into violence against <laughs> <women and> girls. <laughs> uh, but like, um, was it one of those things where you felt like you were pursuing something you are interested in, but almost shoehorning your shoehorning you into a like structured, normal like life? And then found comedy and were like, oh, this is my natural inclination of who I am as a person. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I remember doing, because the class, the classes, it's like five weeks of instruction and then a a show at the end. Mm -hmm. And I remember doing the show and just feeling this like, this like high that I had never felt with drugs or alcohol before. Mm -hmm. And the whole, I like couldn't stop smiling for the whole night. And it was like, it was more of like, Oh, this is, this is the thing you're supposed to do. It was more of like, I was cliche and cheesy as it sounds like more of a calling than anything else. And I, I actually struggled with it because up until that point I was like, I want to do social work. I want to do like public health stuff. And I was really conflicted about like, how can I just like ditch this thing that I've been wanting to do for my whole life. But I've found some great ways to incorporate both. You know, like I run an all-female stand-up right. class. I run an all-female stand-up show at the Laugh Factory. Um, I'm able to do fundraiser shows. I'm able to do this and that. So I'm still able to kind of do the stuff I wanted sure. to do yeah, yeah, in yeah. a different form. Yeah, because you're still a you're still a caring person, but there's a difference between like choosing something to do and then doing the thing you felt you were born to do do you know what i mean right and then obviously out of that like as your career grows and and all of us are kind of hoping for that what sometimes feels foolish like Mm -hmm. upward climb of of uh the notoriety that comes with what we do you then can also dovetail that work into 
giving back and raising awareness and, and doing that sort totally. of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like having that platform and yeah. I'm right there with you on that high. I th- like the most recent one for me that was like the highest since I started was, it was, I think it was August, maybe September, whenever JFL Toronto was. And yeah. so I'd been running my hours so long. I, I recorded the album in, um, I think in August or September. So uh, it hadn't dropped yet until November. And so I would just had been like beating that hour and I right. had five nights of shows and I did a new bit and it went so well. That's like the highest drug I've ever been on. Like I could, like I was, cause I was so, I hadn't done like new, that high right. wire walk where you're like, I don't know if any of this is going to, especially when you do it like in a show where you've, you've got, you're headlining. So you, you've got to like, they're there you're- to see you. Yeah, yeah. you're shouldering so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, it's yeah, the best feeling. Totally, and it's and it's one of those things where it's like one of the things I love about stand up is like that high can come a lot, but like that true like like oh my god, mind blowing like that was mm-hmm. the best show does not come that frequently, no. and a, and a lot of what leads up to that is like bad shows or tough shows mm-hmm. or like or you're like exhausted, whatever it is, and like you kind of get those little glimpses of like, oh, this is why I, this is why yeah, I keep doing chasing this. This is dragon. Why. Yes. Oh yeah. God. Um, and, and speaking of shows, so you, you're still running a weekly show. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I expressed yeah, this to you. I think I wrote, I wrote it to you, but I'll say it to your face. I, um, that is the best like vibe online or virtual show that, that I've done. And I think a lot of that is owed to you. Uh, you're in constant communication with the audience of kind of like, I don't want to say how to behave, but to keep the structure of of the show and uh, encouraging people to respond via like hand signals instead of obviously noise and a whole bunch of people talking. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it, I think it really just ta- it just takes that even in so much of like a, a live show where you need somebody to like get this room together and now that's kind of transferred online but you're the best person at it that i've seen in addition to like i mean your jokes per minute are it's crazy um, thank you yeah. oh my god but that like, means so much. like i was watching you when we were doing that set i'm like oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what so i've been hosting cole coles has been running uh for a while as well. Yeah, that's, we, we should, we should tell people years. it's the Coles open mic show. Yeah, yeah. It's the Coles open mic show also started by Cameron Esposito uh, and Adam Burke mm-hmm. um, about 11 years ago now. And we run it every Wednesday. When we do it live, it's 9.30 to 2 a.m. It is a marathon of a night. Any Chicago comics know it. It's been around for a while and it's amazing. We do between like 40 and 60 comedians um, every week. And I have for sure, I can attribute like like 90% of my hosting capabilities to just learning how to run that room yeah. and learning how to like get a crowd together and keep people on task, if you will, for mm-hmm. like five hours. And so like, I just kind of transferred that to the zoom show and it's weird. Like we have, you know, no one it's the, the, the audio is off. So it's only people's screens. So it's like, how do we get people to, to show us? We do jazz hands. We right. do like clapping, whatever it is. But so much of like the hosting that I do on that is, is directly from the live show hosting. Yeah. And it's been, honestly something to look forward to every week. It's keeping me writing. It's keeping me writing new jokes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the feedback I've gotten from the comedians is, is similar of like, Oh, that actually felt, kind of real 
Yeah. Cause I've done some other zoom shows that are like, I know just like depressing and just like, okay, this wasn't worth the hour that I put into it. Hey, just going to jump in here to the interview really quick so that we can take a quick break. We'll be right back. The Dress Up Gang is a heartwarming, hilarious, and absurd show about Donnie, a sweet childlike man, and Corey, a dad-like deadbeat crashing on his couch. Their friends in the courtyard are played by Andy McDowell as herself and comedians Brent Weinbach, Frankie Quinones, Chase Bernstein, and more. All of their friends have nice butts, if you must know. Well, what's it about? Well, in one episode, Donnie takes a baby skunk in named Wonko, but Wonko is so cute that his neighbor will do anything to get his hands on Wonko to impress his mistress. So yeah, there's stories like that. The show is like warm soup on a cold day with someone to kick to it. While you're stuck inside your house, you might as well stop by ours. The Dress Up Gang is available on the TBS app, Video On Demand, and YouTube TV. V. Hey, jumping in to give my own ad for my own thing. Actually, it's more of a teaser, but I want you guys to know about it. I am putting together, I don't have the official title, although maybe it'll end up being this, uh, Game Night with Daniel Van Kirk. Well, you will have the option to buy tickets and enter into a game night with me. It'll be very limited. I'm talking no more than 15 people per game. Take anywhere from maybe around an hour and a half, no more than two hours. Probably do it like a happy hour. And there are a variety of games that we would play together. This is a way for me to continue to do what I love, which is interact with people, hopefully have fun and be funny, and an opportunity for you if you want to kick back, relax, forget a little bit about your day, and hopefully hang out with someone that you enjoy. That would be me. If it's somebody else, maybe they'll put together a game night. I don't know. But this is the one that I'm doing. It's not a show. It's a hang. And I'll give you more details if I have them. But if you're interested, you can email me at thegoodnightpod, put it in the subject title, Game Night with Daniel Van Kirk, and let me know if you would be down. I want to ask you a question. Um, I, I'm not going to like name anybody because this isn't meant to be a slight but like, um, you know how some comics kind of, you know, in a room, in a theater, like a, a comedy club or even mm-hmm. any sort of venue that's been set up for comedy, it's got a lot of uh, like, I don't know, lack of a better word, like bigness to it. Like, like this is where you're all sitting. You all came out to this show. The lights are on me. I'm the one with the microphone. This is where the stage is. Your chairs are all facing me. It's got a lot of like, uh, just like attention to it, right? That are that is kind mm-hmm. of like in the in a good scenario, bit like big energy, and right. a lot of comics kind of play the inverse of that, which makes and this is not bad comedy at all. That they use that to kind of be like, yeah, I don't. So you guys all really came here tonight, right? I guess, and that's funny if they do it right, because it inverts the expectation. It inverts the energy of the room. It, I think it's hard to do, but totally. I feel like if that's your style, that is probably very hard to do on zoom because it already feels low. The bar for how I got here, what my expectation mm-hmm. is, what this feels like, the energy of the room, it's all low. So it, when you go low in a zoom, 
I, you aren't inverting anything. And I think that yeah. must be hard for some comic. It's just something I thought about yesterday and I haven't got the chance to like bounce it off another comic. Totally. It's like, like a reverse Michelle Obama. Like when you go low, they go low. Like, <laughs> right. They're already uh, low. They're already so low. I, I just posted a show last night and sent out uh, an email to the performers being like, here are some tips. Here are some things I've picked up. One of the things was like, it does not serve you to come to this and be like, man, this is weird. Zoom shows suck. Yeah. Like it just takes the energy. Just like we know this isn't ideal. Right. Like we all know, we all know. none of us. And these people, if to- they're here during whatever shit's going on in their life, they don't want you to remind them that this sucks. That it's bad. Yeah. It's something that I actually don't love to see comedians do like when comedians like shit on like, Oh man, you guys came here. Why? Oh, that's a whole, that's a whole different thing. That my, that's my number one too. Yeah. Where it's like, what the fuck? I did. Are you so sad that you don't want to be doing this? Then go get, go. (laughs) I did LA pod fest. This was way back before it became the beast that it is now, but I did LA pod fest. I was doing hindsight, um, up against the dollop and my favorite murder. Right. So at this point, my favorite murder hadn't surpassed the dollop just in terms of like listenership, like, but it was still very popular. And the dollop was like the flagship because it was Dave Anthony was part of the show, the festival. He was one of the organizers of that. So it's kind of one of the flagship shows. And so in my room for doing a live podcast of my little hindsight show, I bet maybe 15 people came and another comic, uh, I can tell you when it's just us was like, not that bad about them, but I just, whatever they were like, uh, Oh my God, dude, you're still going to do this show. And I go, yeah. And they were like, these, these people like they're they're at this. I can't remember what they said, but they said something about making jokes about being like, why are you guys here? And I said, why would I shit on them? They skipped two of the biggest shows to come see me. I'm going to make them feel bad about it. Yeah, I should be like, you guys are the best fucking audience I've had because you didn't go see Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark and Gareth Reynolds and Dave Anthony. You came to see me. So I'm going to make you feel like you made the right choice. A million bucks. And I'm going to cater this to, and we're going to have a smaller, it's going to be like, we're going to be more intimate, you know, like totally, totally, totally. I don't, I've never understood that. I have no idea. And it's the same when I see, I've had a couple, like, incidents with people on like the Coles mic and some other shows that I've done where they get on and they're like, man, I can't believe we're doing this. This is dumb. This is stupid. And it's like, then don't do it. Like, you know, and I know that person probably needs to go to therapy, but it would be way more interesting if they were like, Hey guys, I'm so scared right now. I don't even know if I'm going to be a good comic. Like I haven't talked to people like this. Like, I don't even know if you're going to like me. That's what's really going through their head. And it's way more, I don't know. It's their job to then make that funny, but it's way more interesting. Right. And like, I think we need to be just reframing all of this Zoom stuff. Like, this is not live comedy right now. Like, right. this is not, that, that's not what this is. Right. It's, it's close to it, but, but we can't do live comedy. For probably a while, mm-hmm. this is the closest thing. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to do, if this is not your cup of cup of tea then don't do it but i can't go a year i can't go until there's a vaccine without doing stand-up like that's just not me yeah um and so like if we can all just kind of reframe like 
this is the best we can do right now. Mm -hmm. So let's have fun with it. And honestly, one of the coolest things about the Zoom calls is like being able to have you, being able to have LA, New York, comedians, Canadian comedians, like just having people that we would never normally be able to get into the actual Coles room in one night. And that's something that I've been hearing from a lot of the folks like Maddie, Maddie Ryan's my boyfriend. And he's just been so stoked. Great guy. He's been so stoked to, uh, to be able to hang with some of like the folks that have moved away. And Mm -hmm. like, it's, it becomes more of like a fun hangout where we're all workshopping stuff. So yeah, it's, it's like, let's kind of look at the positive stuff that zoom can offer us and, you know, just, pray that it's over soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if anybody listens to the Good Night Show, Manny Ryan, if that name sounds familiar, it's because he uh, guest-setted and hosted for me uh, when we did my Rochelle show. He came out, and I, I think he had a good experience. Uh, I, I think he was like, wow, this is a this is different. Because, I mean, we took like the room that my friends have been, my cousin got married in and my high school prom was at and turned it into a comedy club for the night. Oh, and uh, it was unique. It was different. Um, That's awesome. I know they're tearing that building down now and it bums me out. I know, I know. Um, So you get asked this a lot, but this is like for me, you know, because I, I went to school in Chicago. I worked for the reader. I worked for the onion and I, I mean, I worked for Marshall Fields and the cubby bear, but like it was, it was always a thing of me of being like in Chicago. And it really wasn't until I was at second city that I was working there. I wasn't even, you know, I mean, I eventually got to do like a small weekly show there, but like, um, was there a thing for you that like pushed you to take that class? I like, I love everybody's like, it was this person I worked with, or it was this friend who was like, just do it. Yeah. Cause sometimes those people can see it before you can. Totally. I, so I had started doing, I was doing improv for two years before. Oh, you were. Um, Okay. So you already knew that you liked that world. I did. I was doing improv as like self care because I was working like at this, like it was a rape crisis center. Yeah. So I was like needing to balance it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was doing improv and I liked improv a lot. And then I started taking this comedy class um, at the suggestion of Julia Shiplett, who's an excellent uh, New York based comedian. She yeah. used to be in Chicago. Um, and as soon as I like got on stage and started like getting laughs, I was like, oh, I don't like improv i like when i say something funny hey it's good to learn that about yourself if you kept doing that you would have been you you would have not either not been happy or been a very good one person show on a team right yeah right yeah and it and and i'm I'm very happy i did improv but like the as soon as i started taking the class because i'm very much like a class person i like the structure and i like the um you know open mics are tough when you're a beginner and when you're female and like I just was like I don't know like I honestly don't know that if I went to my first open mic without any sort of structure or idea of like how to craft a joke I don't know if I had the confidence seven years ago to be like let's just kind of keep at this yeah um maybe I would have I hope that you you don't have have to worry but that's why you did it the the route but that's why I did yeah yeah Yeah. um and I love you know I love teaching the class too and and it's great but yeah that it was it was like uh my friend was like you should you should try this um and it just really like clicked so fast awesome I love that they did it um I keep this show tight so that's kind of all I have I could talk to you for an hour though so I'll definitely I know right um tell everybody where to follow you anything that you have going on give them the information for it and then I will agree 
rock and roll. Um, at alex.cumin, K-U-M-I-N, on, uh, on Instagram mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and on Twitter. And Cole's Open Mic every Wednesday night, 9.30 Central Time. And I also run uh, Femcom, the all-female stand-up class. I'm running those um, through the summer as well on Monday and Tuesday nights from 7 to 9. So anywhere from around uh, the country could now Anywhere now from around the country. Or world, we're not I able, Yeah, truly. Because we're not able to do the grad show right now. But yeah. when theaters open back up, we'll, we'll figure something out. But I have people from Minnesota and Milwaukee in my classes right now. So uh, anyone who is interested, we do 7 to 9 p.m. on Mondays and Tuesday nights uh, through the summer. And you can... Go to learnfunny.com or the lincolnlodge.com to uh, to find out information for that. That's awesome. I I implore anyone to do that. There's so many people that just like need that structure or expectation of getting the work done totally. in order to push them. I'm 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 one of those people in some ways. And I think that you're legitimately such a great comic that there's people who will probably be able to say someday, like, yeah, she used to be my teacher uh, before she was. Thank you. Yeah, I, I believe it. I think that, I think that too, of you for and like, Maddie. Yeah, for and for like outside, even if you don't want to do comedy, just like public speaking and just like yeah, confidence, for sure. it's just like so. It's yeah, it's great. Yeah, we do a fun club. Why not? Yeah. Uh, all right. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, Thank you, I'm gonna, friend. I'm going to go back and, and close out the rest of the show, but uh, I'll I'll uh, hit you up. I'll come back on Coles, and then yeah, um, if I have anything going on, maybe we'll get you on like a dumb people town or something like that. Yes. 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 yes awesome. You're okay. the best. Thank Bye, you. Dude. Thanks so much. All right, that's my interview with Alex. Uh, she's great. Are you familiar? Have you ever seen her in Chicago, Noah? No, I haven't. She's phenomenal. And if you ever want to check out some comedy, we you know her and I just talked about it. But the uh, Cole's open mic show is one of the best comedy shows happening in the virtual space. And I highly recommend anybody uh, who wants a little bit of comedy to check out that show. You get to see a lot of great comics. Um, trying out some new material because it is technically an open mic show. So uh, you could kind of see that part of the process. If you're not too familiar with it, you can jump in, jump out as long as you want. There's no pressure. It's not like an actual comedy club. Where everybody's going to see you get up and go do something else. So if you're looking to check that out, it's every single Wednesday and I highly recommend it. Um, I think that's it for us right now. Am I forgetting anything for today's show? I think so. All right, great. Well, then I want to remind everybody that tonight's episode of The Good Night Show was produced by Noah Eberhardt. It was engineered and mixed by Brendan Lynch-Solomon with production assistance from Ben Zyper and Lissa Rubin. The theme music was composed by Chad Bouchard and the artwork was created by C.M. Dugan. You can check out more of his work at cmdugan.com. And hey, if you enjoyed tonight's show, you can get more content at patreon.com slash thegoodnightshow. There you can sign up for The Good Night Show Weekend Edition as well as exclusive weekly episodes of some of our favorite topics. Plus, you can get a supercut of the entire week's worth of shows, as well as access to the entire back catalog of the Hindsight Podcast. There are three Patreon tiers available. That's it. And the most comprehensive option is less than $10 a month. The Good Night Show is not part of any network, so all proceeds go directly to the costs and people that keep this show on the air. Your support matters and is greatly appreciated. One way to support is to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and tell everyone you know about this little nightly show. Thank you again for listening. I'm Daniel Van Kirk, and remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Good night. Good night.